Hello guys and welcome to the Versatile Health Podcast. Um, today is episode three. Today we are with Kenny James. Now Kenny is a personal trainer. He actually works at the gym that I'm based at. Um, I've got Kenny on board today because he is very good at training. He's very good at his kind of knowledge and expertise with training principles, methods, and ways to get your best out of the gym. Um, obviously, in this current situation, the gym might not be the most applicable. So we're also going to talk about um, the best ways to train at home right now um, and what to maybe look at to buy in terms of kit and ways to get the most bang for your buck and the most kind of efficiency from the time that you're spending working out. But we're going to dive in with a few questions. So, Kenny, give us a little bit of background about yourself. Cool. Uh, well, I am 23. Uh, I've been a personal trainer for five years now. Uh, I've just recently become assistant manager. Uh, so that was a bit of a step. Uh, I've been around a few gyms in the industry. I've seen a lot. A lot I do like, a lot I don't like. You know how it is. <laughs> so just trying to help people and, you know, show them that there's, you know, there is a lifestyle that's a lot easier to live than people seem to believe because sometimes it can be a lot more overcomplicated than it needs to be. 100%. So is that the way you base things with like the clients you, you teach is how to simplify things and make it like an enjoyable, sustainable process? Yeah, 100%. I mean, for me, you know, there's a certain element of how, how long can you sustain this? You know, if you can't do it for the rest of your life, then what's the point in starting it? 100%. Yeah, um, I'm very much the same. Like, I guess a lot of the clients that I train, it's very much like, okay, so you can only train three times a week. Don't start with five. Like, yeah, you'll yeah. get better results probably. But if you can't do that for a long period of time, what's the point in forcing yourself not enjoying it? And in three months time, like ending up dropping the amount of sessions you can do or just dropping it completely because you've picked an unsustainable route. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, like for me, I think when I was when I first came into the industry, I personally tried so hard to do that myself. Yeah, is that you know I was so excited and I was so like, this is it, this is what I'm going to do. Is that every day I was in the gym, like sometimes I'd be in there twice a week and like for like just like especially to start off with when it's your first kind of like your first bow and your first kind of like year in the oh yeah in the gym so to speak. I've got a choice as well at that period. Like you just have to be there all the time anyway. So if you can, 100%. like I was in the best shape of my life, I'd say my first year and a half of PT because I just wanted business to work. So I was just at work all the time <laughs> Yeah. in the first like year and a half. Like I wasn't as busy as like I am now. So all I was doing was training. So it was yeah, just, I, it's how much I put on. I remember like my first, I think it was my first month, my first two months when I started at Buzz. And there was like a table that was just in front of the doors, like the doors that they would, like the members would come through, saying hello, goodbye, just being seen and interacting with people. Yeah. And then I would train. I think I was training like three times a day. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand how I'm keeping this up. You know, I, think, <laughs> I, keep I think it lasted about four or five weeks and then I just burn out. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of the things I was going to say. So like at the moment uh, we're in, you know, coronavirus, we're in lockdown going to talk about like the best ways to train like in your opinion right now um i say you're in, in your opinion like you and i both look at like the research and we do it based off science but obviously there's an element of subjectivity to come from it so in your opinion like what's the best way to train right now obviously don't listen to him and train three times a day um because you <laughs> burn yourself out but we're going to talk through how you guys can get the best results right now I think oh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big wide question, that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it comes down to relativity. I think there's, there's definitely a relativity for each individual. You know, the first thing you have to look at is, you know, what situation are you in? So like what equipment do you have? What equipment can you potentially purchase? Yeah. Uh, I think for me, I'm quite lucky because I had purchased a lot of kit in advance, but you know, something as simple as a dumbbell, you know, that's going to, it's going to widen your, your exercise arsenal a lot more than just having body weight. Yeah, hundred percent. If you can get like one bit of kit, even if it's like not the ideal weight, I still think you're going to be better off. Like I was saying to some clients the other day, if you can get your hands on some resistance bands right now, like absolutely the uh, bottom two in terms of like resistance, you can do everything with them, literally everything. Whereas if you only get like, for example, a dumbbell that's not quite heavy enough, you'll probably find that the pull movements that we would normally idolize are a lot harder to, to do because, you know, the resistance isn't enough. Whereas you pop a couple of resistance bands together and you've all of, all of a sudden got enough to do literally everything with. And if that's all you can get your hands on, which at the moment it seems to be the case, then absolutely go for it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even even that, like like for me at the moment, a dumbbell is it's like trying to find gold dust. <laughs> Everything is dried out everywhere. But yeah, I think once you kind of, what, once you sit there and you evaluate, you know, what, what equipment you have, you know what you can do. And then you, you need to look at what, what works again. You know, it's, it's the same situation that it would be if we were in the gym. You know, is five times a week going to work for me? Especially with being at home now with a lot of children as well. Like if you have children, you training five times a week isn't ideal. It's probably going to be less ideal than, than you would want it to be. Because, yeah, I think that's definitely you, know, you have responsibilities. Yeah. For sure. I think it's getting overlooked with like how many people are going to struggle to separate the gym and home life now, especially with kids who are very bored, who are going to be dependent on spending a lot of time with their family members for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. You need to, you need to pick that sustainable amount, but also I think it's really important to separate time, like actually set yourself the, the times that you want to train because routine is absolutely key. So if, for example, you have got kids and you've got a busy life and you know, you're not furloughed, you're probably still working, you're probably best saying to yourself at, for example, 5 p.m. or 8 a.m., I'm going to train on this day, this day, this day, because you're going to then have a better routine and probably get better results from doing that and actually spend more time doing it. You're more likely to attend that session, like treat it like you would the gym and the same kind of structure to your day as you would if the gym was still about yeah absolutely i think one of the biggest things that i've noticed so far to come out of this from a lot of people that i speak to is that where you've got so much time to do nothing it's almost like you treat it as a holiday like on a work day you would get up at say seven six seven o'clock you'd get ready and you're you're ready to take the day on whereas now people aren't getting up until 10 o'clock 11 o'clock and then it's oh we're gonna sit down watching tv yeah it, it. it then breaks the routine yeah, 100%. So in your opinion, like, can people still get results training from home, even if they don't have a dumbbell? Like, can, in your opinion, do you think if you are training correctly, can you still get relatively good results, depending on, you know, the bodybuilder, maybe not so, especially if they're quite late in their training cycle, but someone who's body fat, for example? Uh, yes, I think there's, there's only so much you can do at home, personally. 
I think if you're looking for something along the lines of strength, you know, like like we said, like someone who's looking for strength, if you want to be a bodybuilder, you know, it's it's that's not necessarily going to serve you in the long run. If anything, that's going to be more detrimental towards that goal. If you're looking to maintain and you're looking to kind of maybe shed a little bit of body fat, I think this, I think that's going to work for you. Yeah, damage control. Uh, 100% damage control. Like that damage limitation is probably what we're looking at right now. Yeah. So uh, even yeah. even for myself, that's my that's my goal is damage limitation. If you're if you're bodybuilding or you're looking to build lean muscle mass, the likelihood of you doing that, if you're late in your training cycle, I think, um, and what I mean by that is like if you if you've been training for like two three years, realistically, the likelihood of you progressing is very low because the resistance yeah. there is 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 so minimal. However, if you're you know, a year in, or you're looking to lose body fat and body fat percentage, then 100%, it's definitely possible. And I think people need to realize that, like, you should still be trying to achieve and still be trying to get results. If that's a goal that is achievable, and that's what I'm saying is, I think it is. Oh, 100%, I completely agree. I just think that comes down to this. Again, if you, if you refer back to my Instagram, and I say this quite a lot, is that there is a, there's a stimulus you need to chase in that in that time you know if you're if you're setting yourself a 30 minute period in a day where you need to train that's absolutely fine but what are you doing inside that 30 minutes so you know again when we talk about the most bang for your buck what are you putting into that 30 minute that segment of your day yeah i think that's a big that's that's a big contribution towards whether you're going to go in the right direction or not yeah for sure so i think given the current situation, if you've got very little or low kit, there's a few different ways I've been training my clients to get the best results. So EMOMs work. And for those of you who don't know, that's every minute on the minute. Now, Kenny absolutely loves an EMOM. Um, he also <laughs> likes an AMRAP, which is as many rounds as possible. Now, these are CrossFit style workouts. Now, Kenny is a bit of a um, kind of CrossFit athlete. He does compete and you were looking to compete, I think it was in the next couple of weeks, wasn't it? But yes, yeah, so I had a competition in May. Yeah. That's been moved to October now, so I've got to wait till October to go. Okay, now. gives you a bit more time, that's good. But if you have minimal to little kit, there's a few other ways you can do. So EMOMs and AMRAPs work, but there's something called an agonistic superset. I'm hoping I've got this the right way around. And it's basically where you isolate a muscle and you try to fatigue it first. So you pick a small muscle group and then you'll do the compound version. So for example, if you've only got an eight kilogram kettlebell, and you can shoulder press that for 25 reps. It's not going to do you much. So what you would do is you'd look to fatigue that shoulder first before then shoulder pressing it. So the example I would use here is you would do a front raise with that eight kilo kettlebell or dumbbell for say 10 reps. And you're probably going to start to feel that a little bit. Then you would go into your shoulder press and you're going to only be able to get like 10 or 12. So you're pre-fatiguing that muscle to then get more stimulus from both sets of movements rather than standing there and doing 25 shoulder presses and waiting forever to get that stimulus that you really need to get purposeful results. So if you guys aren't already looking at programming efficiently or getting, like Kenny said, the most bang for your buck in the time that you are able to train, like that's what you should be looking at. And that's where coaching still is applicable. Like speak to people who know things about training and methods and principles rather than just following your Joe Wicks's or your Sean T's from Insanity and dancing around in your living room with a towel on your head, thinking that that's going to be damage control or 
get you results because sadly the science suggests that that isn't going to work for you long term 100 percent, definitely agree with that uh i think as well there's a there's a certain element of uh, creativity as well you know i think when you have a bit of kit it helps you as an individual this this is my personal opinion especially from a coach's perspective as well as like a, a general person that would train one might like myself the creativity that you can have when you when you have a bit of kit and you want to relate that to the if we come back to the most bang for your buck now you you look at segments in your training session and you now think of different things that you would never really train and never do you look at weak points yeah. and you know like the whole the whole pre-fatigue nine times out of ten people would just overlook pre-fatigue yeah for sure but now we come into that area where we're looking at pre-fatigue because how can we get the most bang for our buck? And that is where we come back to these things that we'd never look at, like EMOMs and AMRAPs and things like that. It's, it's really fun to see people trying these things and, you know, looking into new areas. So for me, it's, it's, it's really interesting. But I think there's, again, like you said, it comes back to the coaching. I think coaching is still relative right now. And that's one of the big things that everybody, everybody seems to be misunderstanding through the fog of what's on trend and what's legitimately going to help you. And yeah. sometimes the trends are there because, for example, hit stuff, convenience. People are telling you that in 20 minutes you can, you can get results when realistically 20 minutes out is like less than 10% of your awake part of the day. You're currently not getting your steps up. Like what good is 20 minutes of jumping around with zero resistance going to do? Probably not that much. However, if you're looking for damage control and you're looking to make the best of a bad situation because you can't get your hands on any kit and you don't understand stimulus and you don't understand bodyweight training, then maybe in that situation you might be okay to do it or like you might get something from it. But is it the best bang for your buck? 100% not. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. I think there's that. There's definitely the element of if you're brand new to it, I think something along the lines of, you know, maybe a follow along or a live body weight is going to help you out just because you're going to get the feeling of community anyway, because you're going to be, you know, you're going to be looking at somebody doing the same thing as you, as well as confidence. You yeah. know, you, people nine times out of 10, you know, they're, they're used, they're used to carrying their body weight. Yeah. They're more confident with it than they are picking up an alien object that they've never touched before. Absolutely. And that's where it comes down to, like, if you've been training for a period of time where you've been lifting weights, are you going to get the motion that? No. But as you say, it depends where you are in your training um, life, I guess, is the, is the best way to describe it. So to summarize, guys, I guess what we're trying to get at is try to train smart rather than hard. Because if you want to get the most from this situation, like training smarter is going to get you more from each session that you do, meaning that you get better results if results is what you're chasing. If you're looking for damage control and you're a bodybuilder, again, do what you can, but train smart with whatever it is you've got. If you can get your hands on kit, like in my opinion, a resistance band um, and that they're like the big loop ones, things that you'd use to do pull-ups at the gym would be better um, than, for example, a kettlebell or a dumbbell at this point in time. However, kettlebells and dumbbells, if that's all you can get your hands on, in my opinion, are absolutely worth getting. And I know Kenny would prefer a dumbbell or a kettlebell. Is that right? Absolutely. 100%. Can't go wrong. So yeah, do what you can to get your hands on bits of kit so that you have more exercises in your arsenal and you can get more of a kind of full body 
leveled workout and you'll get way more out of this current situation. So guys, that is the end of this one. We wanted to just talk about training and how to get over things right now. So guys, there is going to be a part two. We wanted to talk purely about training right now, um, the best bits of kit to use and how to get over the COVID-19 situation. However, um, we're going to be doing a part two, which can be based more on things like motivation um, and ways to stimulate your body and mind in a better way than just dancing around like Sean T in your living room.